There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yayo, yayo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from Los Alamos, New Mexico, the site of the testing for the first atomic bomb because that's right folks we're here to talk about oppenheimer that's right oppenheimer the latest from acclaimed director christopher nolan it's a biographical thriller about the life of j robert oppenheimer who was the theoretical physicist who was pivotal in developing nuclear weapons for the Manhattan Project in World War II and thus ushering in the atomic age. You can thank Wikipedia for that. I just read that off Wikipedia. That wow, was I wonderful. thought you were I thought you had your your Oppenheimer uh studies all lined up. Fantastic. I, I don't. There uh, there's a lot going on in Oppenheimer. I'm going to be having my Wikipedia handy. Uh, there's a lot happening here. There's a lot going on. And we're here to deep dive that. Uh, you know, we're here to review this film, what we thought and everything, and get into some of the nitty gritty of what's going on. Uh, but of course, folks, with me as always, you already heard him, is Dr. Jace Attorney. Dr. Jace Attorney, were you blown away by Oppenheimer? Oh, get it? Yes, that, that was is. intentional. Oh. <laughs> I I came up with that one. Uh, of course. Um I indeed was blown away and I am more than ready for the Nolan verse that our boy Christopher Nolan is setting up because this is this is his version of the MCU that's going to be built up. We're going to be getting a potential JFK sequel for the space program. We got uh, mentions of Albert Einstein. You know, he appears in like an MCU cameo. I mean, this is it. This is it. I mean, I I bet you in this Nolan verse, we're, we're probably going to get like MLK, um, maybe some uh, references to uh, Malcolm X. Like he's building this up to be an insane non-fictional cinematic universe. And I know you're excited because, you know, you have your foot in the door with another cinematic universe already. I do. Yeah. What? 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 The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh no! This isn't. No, stop. Enough. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea what you're getting at. You sound absolutely crazy. Um, no, no, I don't think there's gonna you're be. You're not a, ready. I don't think there's gonna be a Nolan verse, and that's okay. But if he if he continues to make biographical non-fictional films, I would say go ahead because Was coming out of this one? film, uh, is it his first biographical film? I think so. Uh, I do not know this film following. Uh, that's one of his. I think that's his first film to date. Um, I 
don't know if that's a biographical. I'm going to assume it's not. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think this is his first. Well, you know, um, Dunkirk. Dunkirk is uh, relatively a biographical film. I guess it depends because that's more. Dunkirk is more like of an event, right? Like a like a non-fictional event versus what Oppenheimer is like focusing in on a person, a real person. Right. Uh, yeah. Dunkirk is definitely, yeah, historical fiction. I don't think any of the characters were actually, you know, uh, they weren't based on it. I mean, they're based on actual soldiers, but I don't think anybody was uh, playing an actual person in real life. So, right. I th- that's probably the closest. Yeah. The closest we get is Dunkirk. Uh, unless, you know, Interstellar, maybe that's, maybe he went forward in time, came back. Uh and boom made Interstellar maybe I don't the know Tenet Tenet maybe he maybe he's just moving backwards maybe that's Correct. the case uh I think that was the premise of Tenet um but sure yeah um Oppenheimer is here Oppenheimer closes out the historical 2023 event known as Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer. uh earlier. Yes, last Thursday we covered the Barbie movie. Uh, we made our choice. We drew our uh, line in the sand, mm. and we said uh, we're going to watch Barbie first. Um, we watched Oppenheimer yesterday in IMAX, uh, as intended. Granted, there's only select IMAX theaters that truly capture the quality Christopher Nolan wanted you to experience. Ours, we got the short end, but still quite the experience. Dr. Jason Turney, Barbie or Oppenheimer, real quick. Barbie, Ooh. easily. Barbie. Wow. Without a doubt. Wow. Without a doubt. Wow. Uh, Dance the Night uh, just eats out Barbie, uh, Oppenheimer. <gasps> Dance the Night. Wow. Wow. Uh, okay. I I had more fun. Listen, I. This is not to say that I did not like Oppenheimer. I liked the movie. I think it was a good time. Um, But let me tell you the number of times I kept checking my watch to see (laughs) how much time was left. I think the the first time I checked it was at the one hour mark. I'm like, oh, God damn. We got two hours left. Um. And I, I don't know. I, I I know clearly you have a different take on Oppenheimer uh, as a film and as a Nolan fanatic. I uh, I would not call myself a fanatic. I would not say that. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is the greatest Batman film ever made. I never said that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. But we could get into that later when we're oh. done talking about this film. We could talk oh. about... Where this ranks among the Nolan films. Uh, okay. I mean, real quick, three, six, nine, 12 Nolan films. This is the 12th Nolan film. God, I haven't uh, seen most of them, to be honest. You've I seen a good amount. I've I'm seen pretty... a good amount, just not. I haven't seen Memento. I haven't seen um, Insomnia. My uh, cutoff is The Prestige. I'm sorry, Batman Begins. Everything after Batman Begins, I have seen of Nolan. Okay, after Batman Begins, I've seen everything except for Tenet. That's the only wow. one I haven't seen. So you still haven't seen Tenet. Okay. I still haven't seen All right, seen that's Tenet. okay. And that's I heard okay. you had a great uh IMAX experience with Tenet. And well, we didn't we didn't watch we did watch not watch it. watch it in 
uh, IMAX. We watch it in RPX, which I think is even louder than Tenet. I mean, I'm sorry, than IMAX. And let me tell you, what a mistake. And it was corrected in this film. And I'll uh, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, but yes, Barmanheimer is complete with Oppenheimer, the twelfth Nolan film. Uh, let's get into this film. Uh, yes, and I agree with you. Uh, I liked Oppenheimer a lot. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it is quite the length. It is exactly 180 minutes. I think the credits roll at the two hour and 53 minute mark, uh, which is okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, man. Um, Christopher Nolan has a way with storytelling. And, you know, and as we continue talking about it, uh, we're going to get into what works, what does not work. Uh, but this is straight from the man. The screenplay is by Christopher Nolan. Uh, based on the book American Prometheus, The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer, which is a biography on him. Uh, so the pulling right from the source. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's funny be- between this movie and Barbie, because uh, Barbie has so many actors and actresses in that movie. This movie, too, has god dang near everybody in this movie. Half this movie is just looking for people you recognize or you're like, wait a minute, I know that guy. Oh, wow. I I knew um, I knew Green Goblin. Green Goblin was in there. Can you be a little more specific? Uh, Which one? Come on. <laughs> Out, am I? <laughs> Clearly not that one. Oh, I, it, just be clear. It's not Willem Dafoe. Yes, it's, Willem Dafoe. The is not other one. Uh, the Amazing Spider Man's. Uh, Green Goblin. Dane DeHaan, also from uh, Chronicle. Uh, Chronicle, right. Yes, yes, he's here. Anybody else? <laughs> um, Was there a gotcha? Oh, wow, they're in this movie too. Uh, I feel like there should have been. There was a guy I literally thought was Alfred Molina for a second, and I'm like, wait, is that him? No, it's not. It wasn't him, Um, and I couldn't tell you what the name of the character was. Um, oh god i i really could not tell that maybe that goes into one of my reasons why i'm not too big on the film oppenheimer uh the names uh i could not tell you the names of any of the characters outside of the titular character and uh uh maybe robert downey jr's character um goodness uh strauss strauss you see you see it i don't know i don't know um but outside i mean obviously matt damon robert downey jr um i feel like there should have been more it's it's quite the collection of cast um right off rip uh looking at there are two best actor oscar winners that i know of rami malik is in this film rami malik yes you okay yeah okay i remember yep Rami Malek, uh, Casey Affleck is in this film. Who's so Casey Affleck, Affleck uh, Ben Affleck's brother, won for uh, that film that the name escapes me because I never actually watched it. Uh, he he was playing that one. Uh, he was playing one of the uh, military officers who was out for Oppenheimer. 
Like if he's trying to get okay. him. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, Manchester by the sea uh, is what he won for. Um, but yeah, there's just uh, so many people in this movie. Uh, and mind you, they are all playing real people. Uh, I don't. I think the only fictional character there is is Alden Enerick's character, uh, who was interviewing or talking to Strauss's character, Robert Downey Jr.'s. Oh, um, they, the young guy. Yeah, the young. Uh, um, Han Solo, solo film. Oh, that's Han. Okay, wow. Yes, from the Han Solo film. Yes, uh, Cocaine Bear. He was in Cocaine Bear. That's right. He, yes. Um, okay. it's a, it, it's a stacked cast. It is a stacked cast oh um and, uh uh huey from um the boys huey huey is here jack quaid jack, jack quaid, quaid is here yes uh he um, didn't have too many josh peck josh, josh dare i say i think josh peck had a really pivotal person he was playing uh, well, okay he, he had a he played a pivotal scene in the movie and that's they gave where him one ends. of the big he gave they gave him one of the biggest moments in the that's movie where it is like sir you only got like three lines i don't care i I, care. I think i think a lot of people when you look at this cast they said they jumped for joy to be on a christopher nolan flick yeah they said, they said uh it don't matter it don't matter uh what, what was it that matt damon said he told like his wife or something like it uh, because he's like retired. Oh, no, no, no. He said if he goes into retirement from acting, there's one person he would get out of act. He would get out of retirement for to film something. Oh, which was Chris Nolan. Yeah, Matt Damon. Oh, did he say that? He did say that. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. Which, it made me think he was retired, but I'm like, no, Matt Damon's not retired. He's got too young-ish to to retire. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. If he was retired, and the only person that could pull him out of retirement would be chris nolan to film uh, the movie. I, I can see why uh christopher nolan i i mean say what you will about this film uh i think the storytelling is on point here uh i think the cast is excellent uh real quick uh the musical score uh louis uh ludwig Groenson. um i'm telling you right now give this man best original score uh, -uh. uh uh, which he which he's already won which he's already won for uh, do you what he's previously won for for black panther uh, uh. <laughs> am i supposed to be impressed what <laughs> wow. this this is problematic uh, <laughs> i uh, i couldn't even tell you a single <laughs> track from the from, from this movie Go back and listen to it. I've listened what? to the, it all day the, today. Boom, 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 boy. That's all you I are, heard. You are doing it a disservice. Here, maybe you'll like this. Oh, would it would it would it sound nicer to you if I told you he also did the score for Venom? Does that help you? Venom. B -b -b Venom, 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 Venom. <laughs> oh, he's saying that? He's saying no, that. No, that's that's Eminem. That's Eminem. Oh, but so he, he did the score. It for Eminem. Huh? So he wrote it for Eminem. I don't hey, no, he just did the score for the Venom movie. That Does was the that only good that, that was the only good music in Venom. Oh, uh, what well, I I don't recognize the music of Venom. The point is he kills uh, it here. here. He kills it here. Yes, look here, look listen. He kills it here. I I'm, I'm about to be on this uh Oppenheimer hype train. You, you got to bring me man. you got to bring me back down for our listeners, okay? Um 
if, if, if need be. All right. Uh, so Louis Gronson. Yeah, you got to be the one. Uh, cinematography done by Hoyt Van Hoytema. Uh, again, he's this guy's been a Nolan mainstay. Uh, he did Interstellar, did Dunkirk, did Tenet. Uh, they're a match made in heaven. Okay. Mm. Uh, and goodness, we got to talk about the man himself, Killian Murphy. All right, as J. Robert Peaky Blinders. Oh, so you watch Peaky Blinders? I don't, Absolutely I don't watch not. <laughs> I do not watch that garbage. Well, no, what? You better no, watch no offense, what you're saying. No offense to our Peaky Blinders fans. Okay, no. The, the reason why I call it garbage is just because I've seen it more in memes uh, than the actual source material. And the memes always just make me uh, wince and cringe every time I see them. So I'm like, I don't want to watch this. And this is what people are um i don't know it's 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 funny memes but at the same time people are posting them unironically and so that's unfortunate but peaky blinders right right peaky blinders he's from peaky blinders fame that's really all that i know him from i feel like i've seen his face in other oh, projects here we're about to have some fun you ready okay all right killian murphy is what you call a nolan mainstay nolan re he loves reusing actors Okay. Where is Michael Caine? Where is Christian Bale? Didn't make the cut. Uh, he never makes the cut. What do you mean? He's got four, I think at least four Nolan films. Oh, okay. Fine. You asking why Killian Murphy is here as Robert Oppenheimer? Go look up what Robert Oppenheimer actually looked up in oh, real life. Oh, no, I, I saw it. Yeah, it was something where uh, Chris Nolan said, like, oh, God damn, if I'm picking someone to play Oppenheimer, it's Killian Murphy. They Identical. Not identical. Re but relatively. Pretty spot on. Um, Killian Murphy, Christopher Nolan films. He's Scarecrow in all three Batman films. Oh my God! That's right. That's right. That's right. Would you like that's to see my right. mask? <laughs> I completely forgot. That is that's, so funny. That's him. That's, that's him. Wow. Um, Inception. He was the man who was incepted. Oh, you're I, sure. He I'll is the guy you. they wish to enact Inception on in Inception. Uh, he's the son of the millionaire. They want him to basically uh drop his father's company and do his own thing what year did inception come out 2010 that was the last time i saw it goodness come on man <laughs> jeez louise i, I don't rewatch movies eight times i'm sorry i do i have that inception poster in my room uh oh it's in the hallway i i love inception okay right. um maybe i have somewhat of a bias for nolan films whatever uh, you would say you're a Nolan. Fanatic. I don't know what you call Nolan. I am not a fanatic. I am not a. Do fanatic. you have an Inception so, poster? I do have an Inception poster. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I think you need more than just a a no Inception poster. I feel like that solidifies it. Uh, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Um, okay. Um, Killian Murphy's here. He's the guy. Damn near identical. Did you enjoy his performance? 
as yeah. Robert Oppenheimer. I, I I I think the performances across the board were were really good. Um, obviously, as uh, Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer was the person that stole the show uh, the most, but I feel like everyone pulled their weight. Um, Emily Blunt as a uh, Kitty, right? Kitty, 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 Kitty. Yep. Kitty. Um, Robert Downey Jr. as Strauss. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's all. Oh, oh, Matt, Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon, Damon yeah. as the the general. You know what's funny? I think I was probably more invested in the Matt Damon scenes, um, when he's involved. Uh, because I think, as weird as it sounds, I think when he appears, the movie becomes more grounded, and it kind of explains itself to me better i mean again with the names man if you if you don't catch these names you're gonna be so confused as to what the hell is going on you better know and again it goes back to that that huge cast that you're talking about there is such a damn huge cast that you need to know the names the faces of who they're associated with i'm telling you now i remember green goblin was in the movie i couldn't tell you his name Oh at, no! At all. I don't think I could tell you. Probably, I could probably tell you one fourth of the cast and their names. That's it. Insane. It's that big of a cast. There's Insane. that many, and like everybody in this film has a pivotal like moment, a scene, or even they just allude to their historical significance in this film. Uh, this is this might be the most biographical film I've ever seen. Uh, they, the most they were just biographical. What do you mean by that? They were dropping names of people that who may not who may have played such a tiny little role in this film, and yet in the grand scheme of history, they did so much more for their respective countries, for the you know progression of science and all that. Have you never watched a documentary? I watched the, in I your said, life. I said biographical. This I said this is the most biographical film I ever seen. That's why it's hard to keep up with these names. There's so many people who I guarantee they might have had two minutes of screen time, and yet there's probably thousands of books written on these people. Mm. They probably they they all have probably have their own Wikipedia page. Uh, an extensive, extensive Wikipedia one. page. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I know uh just um who was who was the lady that was uh played by Florence Pugh, his his lover in the film? Jean Jean Tadlock. Jean Tadlock. I looked her up. Uh her Wikipedia is huge. I thought it was just going to be something where it's like, "Oh yeah, she was the the love affair of Oppenheimer and she was part of the Communist Party." No, she has this whole wikipedia page about her i'm like wow what the hell how long was she in the movie for outside of those scenes uh, with uh <laughs> oppenheimer she, she wasn't in it that long probably the uh, most artsy scenes involve florence Pugh. uh yeah i think her screen time probably totals like maybe five minutes at most right give or take right uh, which is not a lot, uh, but it actually is kind of a lot in compared to other characters in this film. Uh, but yeah, yeah, everybody seems to have a Wikipedia page. Like I'm, I'm literally on Wikipedia right now. Everybody's colored in blue. Uh, <laughs> there's like probably like two, two, 
or three things that are not colored in blue. So I'm like, I guess they're not important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on in this film. Uh, let's get into it. Okay, so uh, I think I like films like this. I like films that are based on depositions or hearings or trials. And like she film. No, like The Social Network. Oh. Uh, a, a very credible film. Not She-Hulk. I know. You Mark? thought of She-Hulk? Mark! Mark! You you <laughs> thought of She-Hulk watching this movie? <laughs> you said deposition. Like, like you like uh, courtroom dramas. Well, I like courtroom dramas because the way this they structure this film is what we're introduced to. Uh, we're introduced to Robert Downey Jr. right off rip. Uh, Strauss as he's at a hearing that is uh, is it for him? It's for him. Uh, uh, what? The one in the room or the one? The black and white. The black and white. The black and white. Uh, you see, I I got you. I got you. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell I, you. I got you. So it's a hearing for him, right? The black and white. The, in the black and white okay. and yeah he is seeking to be uh uh, uh either uh, the chair i think he's looking for a senate approval uh to uh he's a nom he's being nominated for secretary of commerce okay okay and so they gotta question him they gotta get down to what's going down he previously uh <laughs> I think the movie does a good job as far as yes, it's a lot to take in to what's actually going on in this movie. However, uh, if you don't walk away with all the historical facts, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, he was once the chair of the United States Atomic Energy Commission, which he served with Oppenheimer, who Oppenheimer has his own thing going on right now because. During this time period, which is, uh, I think, the 50s and whatnot. There is a giant attack on anyone remotely involved with anything looking like red or communist. The Red Scare. The Red Scare. We got the historical backdrop of the Red Scare. And as we know, and for those who don't, go watch The Iron Giant. That's a great film. Oh, that's what I was uh, thinking of. It is a fantastic film. That talks about the Red Scare in a metaphorical sense. This is more <laughs> literal. Uh, and Strauss is being questioned about his time with Oppenheimer. And, you know, uh, Oppenheimer, as we learn, and we're going to peel it back now, he too's, uh, yeah, uh, they think he's a commie. Is that is that a good word to say, commie? Mommy, Can yeah. you say that word? Is that offensive? Yes. No. Offensive to who? A commie? <laughs> I don't want to say that. That sounds like a bad word. It's the term they use in the film. It's it's okay. Would you like to say Negro? I'm sure they said Negro in the film too. Why would you? Why for what? <laughs> Who are you describing with that term? That this this cast is white. <laughs> Who are you? There were a couple. That there were a couple of black folks in this movie. You want to know? I, I counted one black person, and it was uh, during the scene. Was it an except? It was after they detonated the bomb, 
and everyone was clapping. It was that There's... one where, where, where the theater was like, um, yes, yes, uh, like the, the feet. There was yeah. one black person in the audience in that scene, and I'm like, hey, hey, wait a wait, look, there, there's someone here. How'd he get in there? <laughs> get that boy. <laughs> it, it, there, like, it just stuck out to me because I was just so used to only seeing white people in this movie, like in the audience, in the science room, in the army, in the Senate. It, mm -hmm. it was all white people. You said you saw two? I saw three. There's you saw that three? One, Get out of here. No. There, well, actually, there's more than, there's definitely more than three. I saw, oh God, we're so off the point right now. Uh, I saw that one you're talking about. There was another light-skinned uh, actor, too. He had kind of like a flat top going on. And then there was the man that walked with Oppenheimer across the football field. He had dialogue. Uh, he took him underneath oh, the, the football stadium. field. Stadium. Yes. Okay. Yes. I kind of remember um, that. He was black. He was. There was a black man walking, and he, he was basically leading them. Have no idea his name, the actor's name. Don't know if he was actually playing uh, somebody of significance. He was there though. I saw him. Made sure I saw him. Made sure. Yeah, he's there. Wow. I will do my best to try to find his name. By the time we're done here. All right. So the movie sets you up. They say we're going to peel back Oppenheimer. Mo really, the movie's kind of broken into three parts. Uh, we're going to look at Oppenheimer and his past. Oppenheimer and his days at school. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the first act. So we, we meet J. Robert Oppenheimer. He's studying at Cambridge. Uh, he's great. I guess, uh, yeah, he's great, right? He's doing great things. Um, he meets Kenneth Branagh's Neil Bohr's. Uh, that is the Danish physicist that he met uh, right before he stopped uh, his uh, tutor from taking a bite of the apple with cyanide in it. Which I want to know if that's based off of any historical accuracy. Did he really try to kill his teacher? I gotta assume that's based on truth. <laughs> How do they even did, did he openly say that in an interview? Oh, Oppenheimer. Man, he, oh yes. Uh, one time I almost poisoned my teacher with cyanide. I think he said it in the um, in the deposition. Did he? Which is something. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I think he did. Which is wild. He literally tried to I, kill somebody. Wow. Wow. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> he tried to kill somebody. One person versus what he actually does. To be uh, fair, to apples to oranges. Apples to oranges, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> so we learn about Oppenheimer. Uh, he's on, you know, I don't know. He's not even worried about building a bomb at this point. Uh, he's just living his life as a physicist. He's trying to meet all these great scientists. Uh, Heisenberg, he meets Heisenberg. Someone cooked here. Stay out of my territory. <laughs> uh, that was cool. That was cool. Heisenberg's here again. Like you said, they're dropping names in here. Like it's, it's like Avengers a cinematic cameos. universe. Sure, sure. Um, the yeah. audience was losing it with Heisenberg. They're they like, oh my god, that's Heisenberg. Did. Oh, I think they forgot that Heisenberg was actually based on a real person. They did. You, the average person here is Heisenberg. They don't think of the German scientist. They think of Walter White. 
They again, and by season four, they of Breaking can't Bad, keep pro- getting away with this. They they will because by season four of Breaking Bad, you forgot to. You're like that's 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 my not my Heisenberg. My Heisenberg wasn't a German scientist. That's my Heisenberg. Meth cook. Meth cook. Uh, drug drug king. Both scientists in different fields. Right. Yes. Right. In their respective fields. Sure. Uh, travels around with David Crumholtz's Isidore Isaac Rabbi. Uh, Rabbi. Uh, and the, the film has this undertone of, you know, Robert Oppenheimer, he's Jewish. And I think they explore this some uh, where he does not like what's going on in Germany with the Holocaust. They are aware. World War II is going on. He is aware. He is not a fan. Not a fan. Mm. And I think that plays a pivotal part in Oppenheimer's kind of character or his motivations. Did you pick up on that? As to... Or are, am I crazy? I mean, this is this underline that he's Jewish and he feels heavy resentment towards what's going on during uh, World War II. I don't feel like that was something throughout the movie that you felt. I mean, I, I, I remember the scene that you're talking about where... You know, he he has this, uh, I guess, this personal vendetta against the Nazis. But I, I feel like that didn't really underpin his character throughout the film. Like, I didn't really get a vibe of, you know, even though he's resistant to making this thing, he's like, oh, but we have to kill the Nazis. They they are hunting my people. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel well, that. I, I felt other things... Other, I felt like there were other things layered into his character in trying to decide if he should um, uh, make this thing or not. But that that personal vendetta, I I didn't feel it outside of that moment where he said it, uh, which was earlier in the film. Uh, which I'm assuming that's what you're talking. About. Yeah, I'm talking earlier, but I will say we'll come back to this because I think it it paints an interesting dilemma later on in the film to kind of what's going on uh so we get a lot of backstory with oppenheimer uh his brother is in the communist party uh or whatever version of the communist party the I, National we need a history communist buff. party i think y- yes I, I think that's what was i i think that's the official term R- right so he's got people who are in the communist party uh his brother uh he has some friends um, and then he eventually meets his wife, Kitty Oppenheimer, played by Emily Blunt. I think Emily Blunt did a great job in this film. Uh, yeah. for the minimum, the minimal women roles in this film, Emily Blunt, I think, uh, her character, I guess I, the, the significant women roles in this film, Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh, two very different characters. It's interesting to watch them interact with Oppenheimer and what's going on. How'd you feel about Emily Blunt this film? It was fine. Uh, oh. I I mean I I the people I, hate it when we say fine. No, no. Um, I think her best scene was when she was getting under that um, interrogator's skin um, dur- towards the end of the movie, where ah. they're trying to grill her and she's grilling back 
um basically uh like nitpicking like the way he's structuring his sentences and his grammar mm -hmm. uh i thought that was really good but i feel like i feel like whenever emily blunt was about to cook uh whether it's chris nolan or whoever they took away they they turned off the power to her stove and say okay that's enough of that we got to get back to Offie now. Like, and and I think I think there's a scene that we talked about afterwards. It's that scene where he's in the woods, crying, oh, uh, crying like, over Florence Pugh, over Florence Pugh's character, learning about her her um her her, her death, and uh, Emily Blunt comes in and she's like, "Oh, you got to pull yourself together." Um, you know, uh, what was it? The oh, oh, you, you, you do not get to sin and have us and feel uh, sorry for it or uh seek forgiveness seek forgiveness what was that right it? uh something like that uh it was a beautiful quote oh my it God. was a that nice was... quote but i'm like she just says it and i feel like it was gonna cook into something like a very good scene and then chris was like nope nope we got too much to uh, cover in a three-hour movie we have to go back to, to the main course and I'm like, oh, well, great. I, I, I would have loved to see this scene like really, really cook. But oh, OK, I get that's why I'm saying her scenes were fine, because other than that, like what else is she doing? I, she uh, Oppenheimer calls her and says, uh, to, to what, put, what is it? Put the Take, sheets up, put the put, sheets up or something. Put the sheets up. And then she just stares ominously like. Oh, <laughs> like that means we won. It's a success. That's their won. little code. Yay, Emily Blunt, you did it. Uh, I'm two scenes where I loved her in that quote in the woods and the the interrogation. But I felt like both of those scenes, the interrogation was the better of the two. But both those scenes needed more time to cook. I want more tell cooking. You I'm gonna tell you right now that interrogation scene is gonna get her a best supporting actress nomination. I'm There's telling no you way. Right now. There's no way. I'm I'm telling you right it. now. I'm sold. It. Yes, her time is very minimal. It, a lot of times we're just staring actress? at actress. Like yes, I, I would not give her a main actress. I don't think she's. I mean, no. A main I mean, role. no. She she no. She wouldn't. But right. But you think like a best supporting actress nomination? Yes, for, absolutely. For the absolutely. few scenes that she's in, you think you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You know what? I, no, no, no. You recommended uh, what's uh, my, my girl Angela Bassett. You're like, oh my god, she, she, she did that one scene in, in Wakanda Forever. You took everything for, just for that. She deserves a nomination. She got the nomination. What do you mean? I know she got the nomination. I'm like, why did she get it? She ate. Wow. Ate. She ate, but I I don't know. I think I think I need more on the plate for best of I'm gonna tell actors. you right now, if Anthony Hopkins can have 16 minutes of screen time in Silence of the Lambs and walk away with the best actor, Emily Blunt. He has the best scenes. What the apples to oranges? What are you talking about? Emily Blunt can walk away at least with a nomination oh for my Best goodness. Supporting. I, I guess we actress. hand them out. You get a nomination. You get a nomination. Everyone gets a nomination. I don't. I don't care to give it to Florence Pugh. I don't care to give it to wow. Florence Pugh. Mind you, mind problematic. You, problematic. Mind you, her character, I thought was very interesting. Uh, again, these are real people. 
um i think florence Pugh acted great um uh no doubt but um you know i guess we're, this is a period piece so we see a lot of characters especially these women characters in semi-subvert subservient roles where you know their happiness and their uh well-being is dependent on a man and mm. you know coming out of the barbie movie uh you know we didn't watch this back to back um someone in our group watched it back to back yes nino desplazado watched it back to back it's kind of i get it as far as you know we've come so far and then we gotta remember this is where we came from type of ordeal you know uh where florence Pugh, you know jane tatlock her character sadly you know uh commit suicide because robert she was she was a side piece let's just say it let's call a spade a spade uh mm. <laughs> that might be mean they were together at a point i think um they were together or maybe not uh there's a womanizer they called him a womanizer uh i think kenny was married and she uh was married twice uh her first husband um died in the war no 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 that was that was her second husband her first husband i I don't remember what happened i think they actually divorced i think but her second husband was the one that died in the spanish civil war uh, okay went off okay um but yeah i mean only the only really two women in the movie that have pivotal roles which i'm very surprised there wasn't even a significant scene with um the one scientist that was female. Uh, the one you thought was just the the secretary. I, she said she could type. I heard that she could type. Oh uh, yeah, she was. I heard that line. She, she was um, uh, just taking in uh the notes for the uh, Lily Hornig, uh played by Olivia Thurlby. Uh yes, she was part of the Manhattan Project. Probably gets. A minute 30 seconds of screen time she gets that scene where she's trying to get in to the uh los alamos site and um and then the scene where uh post germany surrender she's organizing a union to basically stop the production of the atomic bomb ah there you go those were her that's where I remember her most. Those two scenes. Uh, I think you remember more than me. <laughs> problematic. Very uh, problematic. I, I will say, you know, in the defense of this movie. And, you know, this is a movie that, yeah, it's about men stroking men's ego. You know, uh, at, at, at the core of it, at the core of it. Uh, the women roles are going to be. Yeah, they're going to be minuscule compared to everything else and it's a reflection of the time period definitely a reflection of the time period could they have done more of course they could have done more should they have done more if the screen time allowed because they're already running two hours and 53 minutes so uh but it is a it is a fine to critique how small the women have to play in this film i think it's worth pointing out uh, they could do better. They could have done better. Let's see what they do next time, you know? And what story they choose to tell, sure. Uh, I enjoyed learning about Oppenheimer's past. They were, uh, I think Christopher Nolan 
excellently sprinkles kind of what would lead to the eventual quote-unquote downfall of him in this first act just literally his connections with these people and we'll see it play out later let's move on to the second act or unless i'm missing anything in the first act am i missing anything nope i think that pretty much sums it up i think he meets einstein as well in the first act Um, yes uh who they are they've already known each other uh okay yeah those einstein those einstein scenes are great and they're really important don't what oh i thought you were about to undermine it are you are you undermining the einstein scenes i mean they were good the conversations were great i guess oh come on the domino effect the chain reaction the chain reaction um yes 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 it was it was good it was good it was good it was good okay uh didn't know this uh einstein is played by uh give me one second uh einstein is played by tom conti uh tom conti was in another christopher nolan film uh he was in the dark knight rises wow he is the one that fixes bruce wayne's back in the prison in the prison and wow what what are they chanting it means rise that guy oh wow disgusting moving on (laughs) moving on einstein scenes are pivotal we'll come back to them i love the conversation about the chain reactions setting fire to the sky moving on the second act i think is where the film this is probably where people pay the most attention right yeah that's when matt damon comes in this is when matt damon comes in mind you this is matt damon's i just like pointing out these people have been in previous uh nolan films uh matt damon was in tenant and i'm sorry not tenant god dang it interstellar uh do you remember that he was that he was he was lost that space in space guy that betrayed yeah him, i think yes yeah i yes. remember that this is not matt damon's first nolan outing uh, they want to bring in Oppenheimer to the Manhattan Project. Uh, Josh Harnett's character, Lawrence, uh, his colleague at, uh, I think they're at Berkeley at this point, uh, says, we. Can, it's hard to bring you on to this, Robert, if you keep messing with them damn commies. Like, stop this. <laughs> like, we want you on this project, but you got to stop this commie BS. I think he does eventually cut ties with the communists and Matt Damon's like, all right, we're going to bring you in. If uh, you betray us, I'm going to kill you. Essentially. Uh, Matt Damon, his character is funny. Uh, It's a, it's a nice little uh, contrast to Oppenheimer, you know? I agree. Um, Okay. Oh, what i don't know i don't know i feel is there anything more to say i it was i thought his give his back and forth with oppenheimer uh killing murphy was really good um i looked at it more as the uh if oppenheimer's the straight man uh matt damon was more i don't know he's just so pressed for like you know we got to make a bomb i feel like he was the one that grounded the movie for me at least uh because there's a lot of names 
a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. I'm going to be honest. There were times in the movie where I was lost. I was sure. like, what the, what are they even doing? Like, I, I know what ultimately what they're trying to do, but what are they, what are they trying to do right now? What is the problem in this scene? They're just babbling back and forth. And, but then when Matt Damon comes in, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if he's just speaking in his clear as day military jargon or whatever, but he is the most succinct and uh, I'm sorry, succinct and clear out of all of them. And I feel like once he starts speaking, I'm like, okay, this is what's going on in the movie right here, right now. This is the plot. This is where we are at, and this is where we have to be, and this is what we have to do to get to that spot. And Matt Damon's gonna tell us. But as soon as Matt Damon leaves, I'm like, God damn it, man! I don't know what the who. What are these scientists talking about? Actually, you know that's a good point. I feel Matt Damon, you know his character, uh, Leslie Groves. Yeah, he's like, hey, we gotta get a move on. He's telling this plot, let's get a move on. We need a bomb. Let's keep it going. Y'all over here talk about all these theories and stuff. Can you just make the damn thing? I think that's what his character is here for. So I, I feel that makes sense when you say he grounds the film. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. one of the faces that we see the most that has actual dialogue uh, for a good portion of the film. Um, but yeah, this is like the crux of the film. I think... Uh, it's cool to watch. I mean, it's 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 it feels like a superhero film at sometimes. Oppenheimer, he starts recruiting other scientists. Oh, the Avengers. Uh, it, it was giving X Men first class when they were recruiting first class when they were recruiting uh mutants. Uh, you know, like you said, he gets Josh Peck. Uh, he gets Huey. Uh, and what is uh is Einstein the Wolverine of this mythos where he tells him to piss off and doesn't join uh, you could say that yeah Einstein had some foresight uh he wasn't the only one to have foresight uh Kenneth Branagh uh his character shows up uh the dude from more uh Orient Express uh oh, you're you're asking the wrong oh uh, I'm trying I'm trying to help you okay I'm sorry uh but he he too was like oh no Robert I'm a physicist, not for this. And there goes that kind of moral dilemma going on. Right. As far as, you know, think about what you're doing. I think the really movie did a good job doing that. Um, really showing that there was this divide between, yeah, we want to win the war. We want to stop fascists uh, over in Germany. Um, but I... I think at the same time, they do such a good job really trying to stress the idea that at what cost are you willing to win uh, mm. this war? Because, I mean, yeah, like the, the movie doesn't undersell this whatsoever. Oppenheimer's involvement in this changed the world for better or worse uh, up until even today. Uh, and I feel like for the foreseeable future, it will continue to have have ramifications on what um, he and his team were able to put together uh, for that war. And it was always with the fear that um, I really liked scenes like this, where um, you have uh, you have them trying to rationalize, like, 
should they keep making a bomb should they not keep making a bomb and then they would say um well uh well germany's making a bomb oh no germany's uh, two uh, years uh, ahead of us germany's two years ahead of us we we have to out we have to outpace them and then they would say well should we get our russian allies in on this and they were like no 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 we can't they are commies you know there are there are allies in the war but uh, at the end of the day they're, they're commie pigs and we can't work with them i i thought that was so great i liked um, i liked that i liked i liked the tug of war it was a tug of war they yes. couldn't really decide which was the side of rationality to be on because both sides make sense and it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't uh because even with even with the russian side i think there was to a point where they almost believed that they weren't making a nuclear weapon like like russia was not and then but then the conversation turns to okay but if they're not making a nuclear weapon shouldn't we make one then to make sure that they're kept in their place i'm like oh my god like and i mean to a degree to a degree i mean for for their own national security in the context of that movie i i get it i get it because it's like oh yeah <laughs> these these people are just doing in their minds what they think is the safest thing to do for their national security because they know the 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 great power of what they're working with and the fear the ultimate fear is other people might have this too the russians might have this the germans might have this or they might be building up to it and we gotta beat them we gotta yeah. beat into it and i mean obviously it culminates into the finale of the film but that was one element that I thought was genius throughout the entire film. It was that tug of war between what was right, what was wrong, what's really motivating them to keep making uh, this nuclear weapon or this atomic weapon. Um, so I thought those scenes were great. I thought those were fantastic. Yeah, I think the second act really comes alive for all the things that you said. I think the scientists, you know, again, there's such a yeah as you said like a tug of war back and forth uh some of them are excited just for theories being proven correct some of them are you know uh they're pessimistic about you know the lives they might go ahead and destroy and then some of them are just like you know we did not become scientists for this and I think that was such a great way to play with the audience as well. Because, you again, it's like, you know, when we came out of the theater talking about this, like, were we rooting for Oppenheimer? I mean, we already know the ending of what happens here. And it's like, should we be rooting for countless death? You know? And I like movies that make you question the moral line, the gray line, you know? And it's interesting, if you try to put yourselves in their shoes, it's going to suck. It's a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it's crazy to think, yeah, what could have been going on through that. So I think, yes, the second act does a great job. Uh, I would like to point out the shaky cam effects that goes on with Oppenheimer a couple of times in the film. Oh, where, where like, know, it's vibrating. Um, 
like the vibrate right the vibration yeah yeah and i and i feel it's supposed to give kind of like this ticking time bomb type of uh view in his head you know it's like yeah and then it's also like it's going to explode one day it's going to explode everything you're doing the culminations of your actions are going to implode explode on you at some point i think yeah i don't know christopher nolan did i think he did a really good job just getting that across to the audience and that again that comes alive in the second act we get the bomb uh this was a real explosion yes uh, uh practical right? effects uh, practical effects to the degree of it was not an atomic explosion. bomb it's not an atomic bomb uh i think christopher nolan had a tongue-in-cheek interview where he's like uh while i am flattered that people thought i would go that far for practicality <laughs> um uh that is honestly concerning that people would even believe it <laughs> um so uh but yes practical explosion i guess um I mean, it was a great buildup. Uh, you a felt, great buildup, yeah. I feel like the film, like, you know, with a, in an IMAX theater, especially a movie about Oppenheimer, that the buildup is culminating to some type of explosion that you're going to feel and rock your socks off in an IMAX theater filmed by Christopher Nolan. Um, I felt like that countdown for that scene was really good. Oh, um, Absolutely. Because there was that, that was, tension where it's it was like, the climax. It was the climax. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, when is it gonna go off? Is it gonna go off like at zero? Is something is gonna, gonna happen? Is it gonna work? Is it gonna be silent? Um, what's gonna happen? And I think what what it gets to zero, and then you just see the flash, and you're like, oh, okay, it's gonna be one of these scenes where the explosion, like it was building you up to something, but it's just quiet. It's like, oh, okay, okay, it's just quiet. Boom. <laughs> And then it shakes you. I'm like, wow, that uh, that almost gave me a heart attack. Well, I think I think the score comes in too and starts playing music too, as if it it makes the audience think, wow, how beautiful this is. The the fusion of an atom. I think that's what it was. Uh, the right an atom bomb is fusion going on. Oh, don't don't ask me. Okay, uh, all right, yeah, sure. I'm not the person. Um. But then, yes, and then the sound kicks back in. Or I think it's dead silent, like you said. It's like dead silent. I, I, I want to go back and actually rewatch that scene. And then, boom, because uh, light travels faster than sound. And that shit was loud. Uh, and I think it happens two more times in the film, and they're not even related to an explosion. Uh, and they scared the shit out of me every time. I definitely jumped every time. It was uh good. yeah very well done Yusuf. and and this is why i said we'll come back to this there were times during this film where i feel uh when it comes to the sound quality it was hard to hear what they were saying because i think he was going for that practical this is the practical idea that he went for in tenant but tenant being an action film you really couldn't hear anything over the action or the gunshots and explosions were too damn loud. Oh, I think I remember you saying that. You said like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember about the gunshots. This was better. This was much better, much better experience because he still kind of learn. He learned from what he did in Tenant, 
and did it better to where we can still make out the dialogue despite the fact that we can hear the wind blowing in the background you know in tenet it was it was impossible if you didn't have captions to this day i could not tell you what conversations went on in tenet they did better yeah Uh, at at, at key scenes at key scenes not every scene Mm -hmm. but yeah and i don't know how it sounds at home either so yeah there's that wow right we get the explosion we get this beautiful scene with uh oppenheimer in front of the crowd and he's really thinking about the ramifications of his actions that scene's probably going to get talked about for years to come uh the stomping uh you know oh the yeah yeah the, the cheering the bleachers yes yes yeah. that that scene's probably going to get this movie a lot of praise well, wish we did it to the germans first Oh, yeah, and then, like, when they would cheer, but it would be, like, deafening silence to him. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, no, that th- that scene was really good. That scene was really good. Um, I I definitely enjoyed it. That one got a jump scare out of me because I think... There was uh, one there, yeah. It, it was silent, and, like, someone grabbed him from the back or something, and them, them grabbing him was, like, mimicking an, a, another explosion, like, boom! <laughs> and then all the sound came rushing in with everyone stomping. Or clapping. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, can we get out of this room, please? This room is so stressful. <laughs> How do you think he felt? How do you think he felt? I think that was the whole point. The weight of the world. You know what? Yeah. That was a good way to make me feel for him. Uh, yeah. That was a lot. That yeah. A lot. Just uh, it. what should be everybody celebrating, what should be a celebration. Mind you, the army came in. It, I, it was very interesting to watch the army come in so quick and be like, oh, it works. All right, we're dropping this thing. That's ours. Yeah. Uh, both. How many more you got? Two? Awesome. Thank you. Uh, where do you think we should drop it? Oh. Oh, yeah. He, a- he asked them. He asked them where to drop. He's like, well, uh, my calculations tell me uh, these two locations, but those are just calculations. That doesn't mean to drop them there. Okay. You bet. Mm. Mm. Very interesting seeing that one too yeah just again like i think this film makes you question i'm like i don't think i was ever cheering for the creation of this bomb i knew it was going to happen but i also knew what what the effect would be and it's a it's a i i like films that make you kind of play this game where it's like i get it i know why they're cheering but then again and we mentioned this earlier. Hitler was already dead at that point. Right. Right. No. And I I, I liked I liked that element. Cause I that was something I didn't even know. Uh I didn't know, know that either. I, I did not know it. that either. I, I didn't know that the atomic bomb wasn't even completed yet, uh, until Hitler's death. And it still wasn't done. And so mm. then the rationale is well, Hitler's dead. Germany is falling and really the only Axis power that's left or at least one of the the bigger ones that's left is Japan and Japan at some point is going to surrender but then it, it, it again comes to that balancing act it's like okay I mean you're assuming it's going to surrender but what if they don't what if they keep going if they keep going that's more soldiers, more boots on the ground that we're going to have. And those people are going to die. How many lives are you willing to trade off 
instead of just building this thing that could probably just end it right there. I, it's it's a balancing act where both choices are terrible. Yes. Uh, there's not there there's not a correct answer. They just chose the one that's th that they said Jesus, th this might be the best option. I don't know. I don't know. It might be the best option. Drop like it. They, they, yeah, it was really like, they're like, can y'all just pick? Can y'all just, we don't want to, we did what you yeah, wanted. The we made the did, yeah, like he, I, I think they even grilled him for it in the, in the, uh, the interview. In the deposition. They did. They did. They were they really telling him like, so wait a minute, you didn't make these recommendations uh, knowing that we would probably drop them on here. And it's, it's that. It's that tension because that scene was even stressful too. That that, that scene, scene where oh that was where, a that was another great kind of build up in his head. Like the yes. stress is getting it was a ticking time bomb. The yeah. lights flashing like like mm -hmm. the atomic bomb that went off. Yeah. I thought oh, that oh I didn't was, even think about it like that. You didn't think wow. that was the one scene where it was Wha flashing like that. Wow, I did not think about it like that. That makes perfect sense. It was like that scene was so good because it it made me feel the stress of what this person was very likely going through at this point in time and trying to figure out like, why did you do this? <laughs> and he's trying to rationalize it. And it's like, I, I get it, but why did you do this? And which is also wild too, because this is exactly what they wanted him to do. And now they were trying to flip it on him because they were basically trying to say, if you make these calculations about Japan when we wanted you to, and you're a potential communist, you're ready to probably say, oh, yeah, New York would be a great target. Uh, I don't know, D.C., Boston, you know. McCarthyism and all this fear is. Wow, McCarthyism. Oh, it's such a wild time. That in years. I think they dropped. I think they mentioned McCarthy in the film maybe once they name dropped it uh but it's crazy it's crazy such a wild and like fearful time uh you know and i think yeah. yeah i think i think that scene that you mentioned which jason clark that is the uh the guy playing the prosecutor uh you might have recognized him from yeah he looks familiar um the second planet of the apes films uh oh yep yep i remember him i remember yes him. Yes, or, he was or he, the uh, the general, right? Or not the general, but like the the guy that was leading the military he, force. He, well, he befriended Caesar uh, he in the second them. one. Okay. Yeah, he befriended Caesar. Funny enough, no, the guy you're thinking of is Gary Oldman. Uh. Oh, the one that okay, the one that actually uh, and, and, tried killing them. And Sirius Black, we all know Gary Oldman. He's in this movie too. Gary Oldman. He is in this movie. Who's he play? I mean, one he, of the old people, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's in heavy makeup. Uh, get that crybaby out of my office. Oh, he was Truman? He was Truman. Wow. Honestly, that thing was a little unsettling, too. Oh, whole, oh my God. Absolutely. That was like, it, you have this demeanor of, like, one of the presidents where it's, like, uh, it's, like, so polite and so welcoming at first. And then, um, I mean, Oppenheimer like expresses his concerns, and it, honestly, it felt like like a like a clown, you know, like a clown is like uh, su supposed to be like um, 
like this supposed welcoming, friendly, silly face that you can, you know, be silly with, but everyone knows like if you if you spend any time with a clown they're scary as, as hell oh sure <laughs> um, yeah to me this was almost like a clown uh i guess in a literal sense and uh a metaphorical sense in that welcoming presence but then when he expresses his concerns you have that chilling like leaning uh in the chair and he's like uh what does he say he's like you think you're self-important uh, I'm the one that dropped the bomb, not you. Right. The blame will come oh, to they me. said you think you think they care about who made it. No, they yes. care about who dropped it. Yes. And then and he took pride in that. He was happy. He was oh. happy about it. And and, and then he made he made that terrible joke too. He's like, I'm glad you didn't oh, drop oh, it the, on the, Kyoto. The, the tissue. The tissue. Wait, what's the tissue? He took out a tissue and was like waving it in, in front of him because oh. he thought he was going to cry. Oh, was that? Oh. oh what did you okay. take it as? Uh, Symbolizing, uh, I'm going to drop bombs until they wave that white flag. I mean, I guess it could be both. I what? I think but it's yes. the tear thing because of what followed up after that because he says- Get that cry, get, baby. Don't let get, that cry baby in my office ever again or it, something. It makes me what was. That's was a real true. quote. That's a real quote. That's a real quote. That's a real. Who did he say that to? Truman said that to Oppenheimer or or uh, whoever was in the office, which I imagine no. was. Uh, that is a real quote. But okay, but who, he. It's a real quote taken from like the same context. Like yeah, yeah. So uh, so in, in real life, Oppenheimer came to Truman's office. He yes. expresses concern. Yes. And Truman responded saying, get this crybaby out of my office. Yes. No way. No, no. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> Google is, it. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. That's insane. Correct. Correct. That Correct. I thought that was just historic. I thought that was the fun of historical fiction. I thought nope. that was just having fun with it. That is a real quote. And I think even how he delivers it, I was like, that feels real. There's no way they wrote that. Like, to because if you write that, if you say, "Oh, we're you're gonna," have... you're making an accusation at that point. Exactly, that... exactly. Because exactly. that's that's his only scene. That's his only correct. Scene that's his only scene, right? So it's like, are we gonna are we gonna like uh, smite the Truman name by making him say this? But no, he said that, wow. which is wild. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm honestly speechless. Yeah, yeah. Don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. You see what I mean by the welcoming demeanor, man? It's it's just it's a 180. It's a it was a it was a rug pull. It was a, a complete was a rug, rug pull. pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another great scene. Oh my gosh. Uh, some from from this point on, you know, we get the rest of the deposition, which was a plenty of back and forth. Uh, we get many people attesting to Oppenheimer is not a communist. Uh, there was a communist within the Manhattan Project, the British guy. Uh, I think that's what led to this whole ordeal. Uh, okay. That's why he was right. That's why he was under fire. Uh, we get many great scenes with people speaking on behalf of Oppenheimer. Uh, Matt Damon had a great moment stick, uh, sticking up for him and whatnot. Uh 
as we said emily blunt uh she cooked in her bit that bit right there uh she some other bits too uh it's, leave it alone um i guess the biggest thing as far as the ending goes is rami malik <laughs> rami malik's moment is really? best actor academy award winner rami malik i am aware who I didn't think his character had any significance. I was waiting for his character to be significant. Uh, comes out and says Strauss is bad. Um, this is all Strauss is doing. Rabble, 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 rabble. Now they all come after Strauss. Now they come after Strauss. Now I looked this up before we did this pod. Uh, and God, I wish you had watched Hamilton. Strauss is another villain, quote unquote, in history. And I, what okay. I mean is, what I mean is, what Strauss did to Oppenheimer, which is basically, you know, pull strings to have the deposition go in his favor, uh, get uh, Oppenheimer to lose his security clearance with the USA and not be allowed to, I guess, do whatever. I'm not entirely sure. When they outed Strauss, history has now painted a picture to where, you know, they give you his biography and then they always end it with this moment. And where he's denied Secretary of Commerce. Because what he did to Oppenheimer was so bad in history, he is now the villain. And let me tell you, Robert Downey Jr., best supporting actor give it give it to him you know what for him yes i could see it for him yeah absolutely long time coming i think this is it uh, not for iron man no uh, not for iron man wow so you are not an advocate for the infinity gauntlet snap I mean, was... it wasn't nominated. I think it should have been. It wasn't. Oh, you? Th oh my God! This was sarcasm. I swear to God. Oh, oh well, actually, there was a campaign to get Robert Downey Jr. nominated for Endgame. I, I am aware, and I, yeah. I was jokingly bringing your involvement in. I did not you're, think you would admit to it. You're mean. You're mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> that scene was really good. Him going back and forth with Alden and Eric. That was really good. Uh, ultimately, Oppenheimer. Uh, I, uh, I I forget how they ended the uh, the quote uh, with Einstein. They go back to that Einstein scene, which is really the scene that set Strauss up to be on this vendetta against Oppenheimer. He's like, "What did he say to Albert Einstein? He didn't look at me. <laughs> Why won't he look at me? Like, relax, dude." The man was just walking back to his room. It's another man. I don't know why you want him to look at you. <laughs> there ain't unless, nothing wrong with that. Unless. Unless. But, um, oh, man, I wish I could remember what Einstein said. Something about, you know. I thought it was the a chain reaction quote. Well, it, it, was, it was one part. No, the chain reaction was when they first were walking in the forest. Uh, This was you're, at the pond. At the pond. Okay. This is at the pond where the hat, the. The, 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 hat scene, the hat blows off, which is an interesting choice, but very cinematic moment. The hat blowing off. Uh, 
I forget. Fine, I won't use that quote. It's a wonderful quote that I think summarizes the movie. And then we basically get the shots of kind of what Albert did in Oppenheimer as a topple effect of the domino, what that led to. Oh, everybody. Was it, was it oh, now it's your turn to deal with the consequences of your achievement? There it is. Mm. There it is. Mm. Uh, and we get the scenes of the nuclear warheads. I think that's how right. we close off the film. Uh, there's also some really great imagery throughout the film regarding like uh, ripples from the rain. And that's supposed to symbolize the nukes hitting and touching down. Oh, yeah. The ripples yeah. and stuff. Okay. We we get a lot of the chain reaction moments uh, that were also really scary as they'll make you jump at times if you're not ready for them. Uh, I think, it, yeah, I think it perfectly just sums up the movie is that, again, as you said, it's like for better or worse, what Oppenheimer did changed the world. Uh, there's also a quote in the beginning of the movie that I really like the Prometheus quote. Oh, um, wait, which one? Uh, I am become death, but that's not Prometheus. Oh, no, 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 that's not Prometheus. You're right, that's not Prometheus. That's which from one, you, that's from the Hindu. Um, that's right? from the Hindu one, the which, Sanskrit which, which one, which caused problems, which in, caused uh, problems. Yes, uh, in, problems. where India, <laughs> in India, uh, one they put, um, they covered up Florence Pugh, first of all. Oh, yeah, they 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 CGI'd a black dress. They CGI uh, um, a black for, for her scenes. Her and I think it's the only scenes. CGI used in the film. Uh, right, no practical <laughs> effects. Right. <laughs> um, and then they took offense to yes that quote because uh, it's not the whole quote or something. It was trans transcribed wrong. They're not happy. Well, they. I think they had a problem. It was it was very specific where where they had a problem with it. I think it was, um, oh my God. I think it was because he said it after or during his scene with Florence Pugh, uh, when they were like, you know, having sex, uh, yeah. I'm trying to see, oh my, I literally had it. I literally looked it up earlier. I'm like, oh wow. That's what they had a problem with. God damn. They're not happy, Bob. Um, not oh, 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 it was, happy. It, it was, um, uh, the audio from the scene where Tatlock directs Oppenheimer to read a verse. It was that scene where she said, uh, read it. Read yeah, it. right. Yeah. Um, the Hindu scripture, the, uh, and, and I may butcher this, the Bhagav Bhagavad Gita, uh, I am become death, destroyer of worlds, while having an inner, while having intercourse when he said it. Uh, so they didn't like the intercourse part. Yes. Uh, it, well, it was that mixed in with citing Hindu scripture while you're doing this these acts, and I guess they're like, no, no, no. I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I, get, I think I understand why they're a little bit upset. I think it's fair. Um, but I, I'm not uh, Hindu, so they have every right to be upset if they are. Um. So yeah, that that's what it was. But I I did like that quote. Um that phrase and then what was the other one um I so the prometheus it. quote this was prometheus, used in the beginning prometheus. 
Prometheus stole fire from the gods and gave it to man. Right. For this, he was chained to a rock and tortured for eternity. Beautiful. Absolutely. Beautifully sums up this film. It's like poetry. It is. It rhymes. It is very much poetry. I don't think, I, I think Robert Oppenheimer did not have a moment of peace during his sleep for his years to come. Yeah, no, there's no way he did. I mean, it's very accurate to call him, uh, I think even the book, right? It's called American Prometheus. American Prometheus, yeah. Um, He literally is, um, for for better or worse. Yep. Um, some would say worse, and I understand. I understand, too. Um, yeah. He gave the metaphorical fire to man, and it's... It, it changed the world forever. Um, and I can appreciate this movie for like just on that alone. I feel like it really did a good job really emphasizing the change the world went into uh, with the creation of what Oppenheimer and his team contributed to. Um, it was fantastic. It was yeah, fantastic. no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, even if, you know, Again, there are so, like we said, there's so many real life figures in this film. I feel you get enough to have an idea of what role they might have played. And just everybody's contribution to this story either highlights, you know, the faults of the creation of this bomb or it seeks to highlight just how intricate of an idea this was that it took all these people to play some sort of role to bring about the countless deaths that we would see in the years to come and i think it's the perfect i think it's a perfect film wow i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that problematic i'm gonna say that that. i think it's a perfect film i think it's a perfect film well i mean we're at this stage of talking about the movie uh it's yes. time for your it's time for your nolan fanatic ranking uh you don't gotta go from top to bottom i, I i'm not uh, i'm just gonna do you, my do do top, top five no five top okay well, actually, I, actually you don't want to know it will be more controversial if you do top three because if you do top three whatever's not in your top three people will come for you and say they can come for me well god damn where does he put this movie then if it's not in his top three they they can come for me oh you're right leave them keep them guessing right Um, i imagine i i I would think at some point in the future maybe there will be a nolan pod yeah we gotta catch up on some of these films i know i gotta watch following memento insomnia and that's it those are the three i need to watch so literally his earlier work so top three go start some controversy because i know you got a hot take on this all right i'm talking about my i'm talking about my overall theatrical experiences here start from three Um, at the bottom okay okay i think number three for me is inception okay Uh, another perfect film i think these are perfect films Number two is Oppenheimer. Oh, number two. Yes, yes. Wow, putting... that went down one. No, um, yeah, a, a oh, little. I'm thinking, uh, I, I'm thinking purely 
my theatrical experience from a storytelling standpoint, visuals, sound, everything. I, that's kind of how I'm looking at this. And then the number one, I would have to say, is The Dark Knight. Uh, that is what... Now, mind you, here's a hot take. I may have put Dark Knight as my number one Christopher Nolan film. It is not my favorite Batman film. I think Batman Begins is a better Batman film than The Dark Knight. So why do you have it as your number one Nolan film? Because I think just as a creative, Nolan did such a fantastic job. Also as character pieces, I think the Joker is wonderful. But I think the sleeper of that film is actually Harvey Dent and uh, Aaron Eckhart as Two-Face. Without that twist in that film, it probably goes down. Interesting. Um, honorable mention that I've been debating should have been in the top three is The Prestige. But it didn't make it. So. No, it probably makes top five. I'll probably give it number four. Interesting. Angia! Angia! Oh, you don't know what that is? I didn't watch that movie. Wow. Listen, go watch The Prestige. The Prestige is so good. I'll consider it. All right. So what out of the ones you have seen? Out of the ones I've seen? Um, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I've seen these movies once. I mean, people are already mad that we haven't seen Memento, which I think people will argue that might be his best. Really? So. When was Memento? 2002 i'm sorry wow, 2001. That's 2001 batman wow interesting yeah pre-batman um, right uh oh my god god damn i mean this one's probably at number three sure top three uh oppenheimer number three um dark knight number two and Inception, number one. Wow, you got Inception as number one. I think it was probably the most creative. I, For me, like even though I like this movie, you know, mm, maybe I should knock it down a little bit, Oppenheimer. Um, I th- In my opinion, I think Christopher Nolan works best in his, um, in like a field of fiction where he gets to write everything about mm-hmm. the characters, where the story goes and everything um like what we said earlier this is like his first what his his first biographical yeah first biographical yep and i feel like to an extent you're a little more limited on the creative side because history is already written for the story's already written for you it is all about presentation presentation you have to present it in a way that will keep the audience engaged and I was engaged. I I was into the movie, but like I said, I felt the three hours. I, I, at the one hour mark, I was checking the time and I was like, oh my God, here we go. Well, (laughs) I did not do that. I did not do that for films like Inception. I did not do that for Dark Knight. I, from the films that I've seen from Christopher Nolan, I have not done that for any of them. And they, they were long movies. They are all above, for the most part, two hours and some change. Sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, oh, man, I 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't even break top three. Maybe it's uh Oh, Oppenheimer doesn't break top three. May, I, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking it doesn't break. All right, break. you got to like, fill that number three spot then. I Oh, my God. Uh, man. Um, I don't even remember these movies, man. <laughs> uh, just, which one? Just pick one. You got to pick one. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. There, number wow. three. Wow. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know Trash. what to say. Oh, my God. They're coming for you. You think they're coming for me? They're coming for you. <laughs> they are not coming for me, Grandmaster Who? Portable. Was that Bane? Yes. Oh, goodness. That was a good Bane. I guess. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. We're So we're at this part of the pod, too. This is the Barbenheimer weekend. I know you already said it earlier. Maybe after our conversation, it might change. Mind you, for those listening, y'all should go listen to our Barbie podcast. Uh, hear our thoughts on the Barbie movie. Where do you put this? Barbie or Oppenheimer? Mind you. This was, I think, the greatest movie weekend, I think, in the post-pandemic world wow. for two movies, I think. I'm pretty sure I read that correctly with for... Barbie having the highest grossing uh, domestic release this year. Uh, and then Oppenheimer is followed so closely. Like, people literally double featured these movies or they did what we did, which is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. There was nothing where uh, I believe one film really overshadowed the other when it comes to pulling an audience. I right. feel like they both attracted the audience they were meant to attract. It, both theaters were packed. Uh, uh, to the brim, at, yep. at least where we went. Um, yeah, yeah. Barbie they was were packed. packed. Oppenheimer was packed. They're making the money. I, I think Barbie already made its money back. Barbie already already made his money back. I think it's gonna make it's gonna make hella more. Yeah, uh, uh, Oppenheimer two already made its money back because Oppenheimer surprisingly is only, and I say only loosely because we're just so used to living in this uh two hundred and fifty mil budget. <laughs> yes, post MCU film where like you gotta have bigger budgets, bigger explosions, CGI, CGI. Um. The budget on this film is only like 90 to 100 million. 100 mil, yeah. Mm -hmm. 100 mil. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that is a lot of money. But right. compared to most blockbusters, uh, like, you know, your Barbie, your, um, what's that other film? Uh, Mission Impossible, your Flash, um, <laughs> Transformers. Like, yes. these are big, big budgeted films. This one is for the most part, pretty simple as, as a pretty, and it's crazy when you think about that, like, Oh yeah. A hundred mil. That's on the cheap side for uh film production. I remember a time where a hundred mil was a lot. I remember back in my day, back in my day. It's crazy. Cause it's honestly not even that long ago, uh, but yes, remembers. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh but yeah no this is this is really a great summer for films in general i mean my god uh we had we had a lot of hits we had um mission impossible whether you like it or not mission we didn't impossible. even we didn't have a pot on it uh, uh <laughs> come back for our mid-year review mid-year review um there was a lot of fun there was a lot of fun uh, i i mean we're probably not going to get another film that's 
exciting to watch outside of maybe um i don't know ninja turtles uh, uh we're dwindling yeah this was this was it this was kind of the peak i think we're gonna dwindle from here on out right right oh is that is that kind of like the explosion this is the aftermath yes uh, the aftermath. they served us these two giant helpings of quality films back like in the same weekend from here on out you're either going to be really full or you're going to really try to muster uh, the next mm -hmm. bite right so or you might just stop yeah yeah you might just be too full um Absolutely. right so what a weekend goodness barbenheimer uh is that it for oppenheimer is that it for us i think that's it uh great movie um go watch it if be warned it's three hours um it might not be for everyone. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Hey, <laughs> and you know what? You know what? No, no, no. Now it is for sure not in my uh, top three. <laughs> no, let me go back. It is not in my top three because I I could recommend practically any of uh Nolan's films without having to worry about oh well be be careful it's three hours you might not like no this one I feel like I have to warn people be be cautious it is three hours and it's. <laughs> It, it, it's no inception it's no dark knight it's no uh tenet it's no tenet um yeah just forewarned forewarned are you done uh is is that a quote it's a quote and a question are you uh, are you done <laughs> get in the box you jezebel <laughs> listen folks yes uh Oppenheimer is out now uh, do what do what you will after listening to our podcast again i hope if you already watched uh the movie before listening to our podcast we did fairly well not speaking too much of the film uh it's an experience okay an experience you should go view for yourself uh we definitely recommend imax for sure uh before video release so do what you will oppenheimer christopher nolan the 12th film uh, but that's it from us here at the Yonko Table. Thank you for listening on your various podcast stations, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast listening stations. Uh, thank you again for all the support via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and again, thank you for the continued support on YouTube and Twitch following Dr. Jace and his many adventures on the consoles. Uh, go check out his Final Fantasy 16 work. It's pretty good. Final Fantasy 16 uh, deep dive coming soon. Uh, so be on the watch out. Uh, and of course, if you ever want to discuss with us anything that you've heard on the show, please join the link below and join our Discord. We'll be happy to have a conversation with you talking about the greatness of this film or the lack of. Uh, but with that said, that's it from us. Uh, I am your host, Grandmaster Hoop. Fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace Attorney. All right, how should we close this out? Uh... Use hydrogen. My God. Um... Hydrogen bomb. Smash atom. Atom go boom. That is not... Did, did he say that? Yeah. The fact that you're even asking it is a problem. <laughs> this movie's not top three. Done. <laughs>